Hi, I'm Connie Wilkes. I'm Marlene Nelson. I'm Jerry Gropp. And I'm Sherry Spute. And our last names make up the acronym WINGS. We're just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and we hope to offer a place to gather for our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation, Under His Wings. Welcome back, everybody. In our last general conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the prophet Russell M. Nelson gave the world a prophetic blessing by stating, I bless you to increase your faith in Jesus Christ and learn better how to draw upon his power. I bless you to be able to discern truth from error. I bless you to care more about the things of God than the things of this world. He also reaffirmed a teaching by President Ezra Taft Benson, a former prophet, when he said, Men and women who turn their lives over to God will discover that he can make a lot more out of their lives than they can. He will deepen their joys, expand their vision, quicken their minds, lift their spirits, multiply their blessings, increase their opportunities, comfort their souls, raise up friends, and pour out peace. So many beautiful blessings. Jesus Christ is our strength. He's done everything for us to have joy in this life and forever. By choosing to have a relationship with him, we are choosing to have eternal joy. He can change our hearts if we'll let him. Little by little, we can grow to become more like him. Our covenant connection with him will bring us greater access to his power. And in order to have a relationship with someone, what is it that you need to do? You need to get to know them. Understand who they are, what motivates them, why do they do the things they do? Well, it's no different with God. Mm -hmm. To have a close relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, we must come to know them. Read about them in Scripture. Understand them and spend time with them. I testify that they want to have a relationship with you. And this we do know. We have loving Heavenly Parents. We have a loving Heavenly Father who is literally our Father. He wants us to learn and grow and to return to live with them. We have a merciful Savior, our brother Jesus Christ, who gave his life to save our own. And we have the guiding light of the Holy Ghost to guide us in this treacherous journey that we call life. Mm -hmm. And we've been hearing from our prophet recently about the importance of hearing the voice of our Savior and the still small small voice of the Holy Ghost. He, our prophet, says this, In the coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. It sounds like it's pretty essential. that we should know what the Spirit is telling us daily and how to develop a close relationship with our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. So I've pondered this since he has said that, and I thought, exactly what does that mean? And how do you do that? I just recently listened to the All In podcast where they had Janity Page as a guest speaker. She talked about being taught as a young girl about doing your PJs. Mm -hmm. prayer, journals, and scriptures every day. 
She talked about there really is no guarantee of how we were going to get back to Heavenly Father. You know, they sat around the table and they said, you know, being baptized, yes, that can get us back. Well, that's not a guarantee. Or being sealed in the temple, that will get us back, but not a guarantee. What's the guarantee that we're going to stay on the covenant path? And her mom stressed the importance of truly connecting with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ on a regular basis so that we know what we need to do on a daily basis. And so that's why she taught them about PJs, you know, to really, um, to write down and, and to be connected in our scriptures and prayers Mm -hmm. and Anyway, it made such a huge impact in my life. Um, She shared that through her experience of daily praying, writing in her journal, and reading her scriptures, that she's been able to develop that relationship and receive personal revelation in her life through joyous times and through some really hard Mm -hmm. tragedies that she went through. So... Today, we would like to discuss how to live by the Spirit and how to listen to that voice. How many times do we feel like we don't receive personal revelation? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) You know, and I know for me, I've always questioned if the thought that I'm having, is it from me or is it from God? Yeah, and I don't think you're alone in that struggle because... You know, we've all, at least those of us around this table um, who were baptized at eight years old, we were then blessed with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so I I think we've become so familiar with it and accustomed to the Spirit working in our lives that sometimes we don't even recognize it. And I know I've had to really work at it over the years. You know, we're receiving promptings daily, but because those thoughts and impressions sometimes just come, you know, in the form of feelings in our heart or these thoughts that pop into our mind, we can often mistake them for our own voice, right? And we think, oh, that just originated within myself, rather than recognizing that it was the Holy Spirit that had placed that thought or those feelings there. And I've learned one way I can distinguish this is if I have a random thought about something or someone when I'm in the middle of doing something else. Like if I am standing at the sink doing dishes, looking out the window and noticing, oh, my garden needs to be weeded or whatever. And then all of a sudden I have this thought pop into my head. You need to go call your friend Stephanie and check on her. Well, I can be assured that that (laughs) thought came from the spirit, right? Because it was so random. Right. It just popped into my mind. I wasn't even thinking about my friends at the time. And there it was. And And so then you can be assured that going to weed your garden was just your own thought, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Which I gave up a few years ago. Um, But I've also learned that it's kind of important to write it down if it happens at a time that you can't follow through immediately. And it's taken time, but I'm getting better at recognizing those times and acting on those promptings, but I still miss them. Um, I, I just had an experience a couple of weeks ago where I felt that I should reach out to one of my sons and offer him some additional encouragement, you know, to, to work at it, to do some things, to reconnect, to try to get him to open up with me. But when those thoughts came, I, it was an inconvenient time. I was out running errands. He was at work. There was nothing I could do in the moment. 
but I forgot to write them down. I just thought, okay, I'll do that later. Um, and at the same time, I had another son who was visibly struggling at the time. He was out of state. He'd called crying and pleading for our help several times. And so he had a lot more of my mental attention. And because I hadn't written down those previous impressions about that first son, I just simply forgot and went along with my busy day. Well, a couple of days later, um, the thought came to me again. This time it was that this first son was in a far worse place than the second one that I'd mentioned who kept calling and kept crying and wanting help, which we obviously were trying to do. And so I vowed, okay, today... When I see him this evening, I will do something. Well, I got home that afternoon. My husband told me that he'd checked himself into the hospital for a psych evaluation. And I wasn't surprised. I shared with Craig, you know, the strong impression that I had just received a few hours earlier. And then, of course, I went about mentally kicking myself for not having followed through on those thoughts that I'd had just a few days previous. Oh, Cher, that is so rough. And... I bet that we all have more than a few of those dang, I should have done that moments. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eight, oh, <laughs> for sure. So sorry. But, but it is the way that we learn, mm-hmm. right? I could speak for hours on the times that I have missed promptings or forgot to follow through because I didn't have them written down. But I could also share hundreds of times that I have heard and recognized and acted on the promptings that came from the Lord. And... The percentages are going up. Mm-hmm. I am getting better. <laughs> it's all about percentages. Yes, over time. And I think that's important that we just keep focusing and trying, keep working at it, and keep praying to recognize those promptings when they come and pray for the courage to act on them. Because I can testify that the Lord will tutor us if we ask him to. Marlene, I loved um, how recently you shared with us that talk by Lauren Dalton called You Are Receiving Revelation, Now Act on It. (laughs) And I like the way that he said, you know, we really shouldn't worry about whether a positive thought comes from God or ourselves. We just need to act on it. And I really like the metaphor that he used when he said that every time we act on a prompting, it's like tuning into a celestial channel on our radio. Each time we receive a prompting and follow through, it's going to be a little clearer and a little easier to recognize it when it comes next time. I like that analogy. Yeah, it really is. It's just practice. It takes a little bit more effort to turn that dial on a radio just to get it tuned exactly where you need it. Um, Lauren Dalton reminds us of President Nelson's talk in 2018 on receiving personal revelation. How can we become the men and women the Christ-like servants the Lord needs us to be. How can we find answers to questions that perplex us? If Joseph Smith's transcendent experience in the sacred grove teaches us anything, it is that the heavens are open and that God speaks to his children. Then is it any wonder why President Nelson encouraged us to have a new prayer pattern? New prayer pattern meaning to take our casual prayers and turn them into mighty prayers. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ about your concerns, your fears, your weaknesses. Yes, the very longings of your heart. And then listen. Write the thoughts that come to your mind. Record your feelings and follow through with actions that you're prompted to take. 
And as you repeat this process day after day, month after month, year after year, you will grow into the principle of revelation. I love that so much. Oh, yeah. I was talking with uh, my girlfriend, Selena, just this last week, and she was talking about, you know, sometimes I talk with my grandkids. We have this conversation, and I'm just loving it, but then I get all jumbled, and I don't know how to continue the conversation, and then there's this lost connection and the relationship, and I was just like, ah, I want it to come a little easier. And she just said, I said a prayer. I just asked Heavenly Father to help me develop my communication skills. And then she woke up with this thought in her mind. You write in your journal. Keep a journal, and I will help you. And then she said, you know, we're getting older. We're having a hard time Mm -hmm. with our memories. (laughs) She goes, oh, my gosh, I have, like, the hardest time remembering names and important things. And, you know, I thought, oh, I can totally relate. And she said, so I prayed to have understanding on how that can happen. My prayer was, Heavenly Father, I want you to help me remember names and important things. And the thought came another time, you read your scriptures and I will help you remember. Isn't that awesome? He's right there waiting to help us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're talking about mighty prayer, it just brought to me the thought of the brother Jared Mahanrai Moriankumar in the Book of Mormon, who, you know, it states that he hadn't come to the Lord for some time in mighty prayer. I, uh, you know, I would submit he was a prophet. It wasn't that he was forgetting to pray. Exactly. I'm sure yeah. he was having prayers like we do every day, but sometimes they are more casual. Mm-hmm. For them to really become mighty prayer, we need to be ready to listen, right? Mm-hmm. And write down those thoughts that come to our mind. And, and just like you testified, you know, the, the Lord, he'll be there. He'll help us. He'll help us find those answers just like he did, the brother of Jared. And it's something that, you know, I've been trying to practice this principle of mighty prayer um, off and on for about 15 years, and the reason I say off and on is because I, too, will fall back into some mm-hmm. of those more casual prayers um, morning and night. But when I do, when I'm really serious about it, I'll take my prayer journal to write in, and I can testify that over time, you will grow in your ability to receive direct revelation. You know, it's t- taken me a long time to learn how to tune in on my celestial radio and get that clear signal but it is possible. I'm 56 years old, and I feel like I'm just now starting to really understand how to do that. So, yeah, for those younger listeners, we just say keep trying, keep tuning in, keep dialing in, right, until it becomes, that signal becomes clear, and you lose that static. And that's why I, both that podcast and Elder, or Brother Dalton's talk, I had both our kids listen to it and mm-hmm. said, start now. This yes. is when you start these habits and really learn right, to tune in. Because it does take time, doesn't it? Yeah. But we we can witness that the Lord does want to speak to you. Yeah. Yeah. And Elder Rasband said this, My experience has been that the Spirit most often communicates as a feeling, You feel it in words that are familiar to you, that make sense to you, and that prompt you. Remember the words of Nephi. I was led by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do. Nevertheless, he said, I went forth. And basically that is our mission, 
to just go forth and do what we feel. We may not always understand why. We just need to be confident in our first promptings. Sometimes we rationalize and we wonder if we are feeling a spiritual impression or if it's just one of our thoughts. When we begin to second guess or even third guess our feelings, and we all have, we are dismissing the spirit. We are questioning divine counsel. The prophet Joseph Smith taught that if you will listen to the first promptings, you will get it right nine out of 10 times, That's so, end quote. Yeah, so important to remember. I was just talking with CJ recently, and he was telling me about a time on his mission. He only was in a bike area for his last six weeks. Anyway, and he, they were out riding their bike, and they passed this family on the street that was getting into the car. And the first thing that came to his head was, turn around and go say a prayer with that family. And he was so grateful he did that even though, you know, those those arguments, I'm sure, yes, came into his I head like, like oh, they're busy. They're getting ready to head yeah. somewhere. They probably don't want you to bother them, whatever it is. <laughs> he said he did go ahead, and they turned around, went and prayed with them. And, you know, long story short, a year later, they were all still together in the temple. Wow. <laughs> cool. Oh, sweet. Mm -hmm. Those are, it's important. Oh, and I love how he said, you'll get it right nine times out of 10. Yeah. So what just if do it. it might be wrong? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. So I was driving to work the other day and there's a car that was pulling out of our neighborhood, but it was stuck. And I sat there and two cars ahead of it stopped. You know, we're, we just can't get turned because this car is stuck. And it was when it was snowing that day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, we had snow and it's just <laughs> barely, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm all right. Anyway. So I had this feeling, I can't stop. I'm late for work. I got to go. I don't know how to help her with her car. And so then I turned and I went around her and all of that. And then I thought, I got to pray for her. So then I said a prayer and I thought, well, that's, was that going to help? No, but my husband's home. Maybe he can go and help her. So I <laughs> called Vaughn. I said, I have no idea if this lady's still stuck there. But could you, if you have time, just run really quick and see if she is. And so he did. And she wasn't. And I thought, well, that was weird, uh -huh. <laughs> but I did it anyway. So yeah, maybe good. somehow, somewhere, either my prayer or somebody else was prompted to help her. Because you just never know. No, you don't. And mm -hmm. the, But that also brings up a, a time in which <laughs> this friend of ours who comes and helps us, he fix our heaters and, and things at our house, and he was sharing a story about how he was driving down the road, and he saw an elderly gentleman passed out on the side of the road and some people gathered around him. And he said he just kept driving because he thought, oh, He's going to be okay. He's got people there to help him. Yeah. And the spirit told him, no, you turn around and go help that man. Well, gratefully, he listened. He turned around. He went back. That guy was gone. And he was the only one that knew how to do CPR. So he started to perform CPR, revived him wow. while somebody else called 911. And I'm like, okay, I got to be better at oh, listening wow. to those, yeah, those cool. impressions. Yeah, you just never know who they're going to help. I know, and this is this is kind of silly, but <laughs> years ago, back when I lived on Edna, so that was like at least twenty years ago, mm -hmm. right? So I was just trying to learn how the Spirit speaks to me, and I had made this commitment this one certain day. Like I figured, one day I can do this. <laughs> I will act immediately on any prompting I had, and I wasn't going to think about it. Or whether it was my thought or the spirit, I would just do it for this one day. And so I remember that it was actually kind of exhausting. 
Like, <laughs> I bet. call this person. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> call this person. Okay. Do this. Yeah. And, and, but I kept going knowing I could do it just for the day. Um, but that night, my hubby and I were going out to his brother's house and it was getting kind of dark and we were on a road going about, you know, 40 miles per hour, the traffic was. And I saw in the road, this plastic crate, like the one that you get milk delivered to your house mm-hmm. in. You know, they're hard yep. plastic crate. And the first thing I thought was, okay, you should you should go get that out of the road. Well, and it's one thing to do all these things on my own, mm-hmm. right? But now I have to tell my husband <laughs> to turn around <laughs> and go back and get this crate that's in the road. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I start arguing with myself. Yep. Like, He's not going to want to turn around. He's going to be mad. <laughs> We're already kind of late getting to his brother's house. And so it took a while for me to finally just go, okay, listen, this is my goal for today, hun. And can you please just turn around and can we go get that out of the road? But by the time we got turned around, we um, got back to it and we we're just flipping around so I could grab it. And this truck runs right over it and oh, it was man. stuck on his tire. Oh, no. And I can't tell you how awful I felt. Like it was like the Lord going, see what happened. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You promised. But- no. But in my mind, in my mind that's like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I visually saw this guy run over that thing and it got stuck on his tire. And, um, and it was just a great lesson to me that yeah. day. Right. Yeah. Now I wish I could say that from that time on, I always followed every prompting immediately, but it, it did, it did teach me a big lesson that day. Yeah. I also just thought about another lesson. You needed to focus on the 199 times you followed the impression yes. earlier yeah. that day and not just on that one, even though that was a lesson you learned. Right, right. Thank you. And Tommy. gratefully, it wasn't like some life altering right, and he right. hit the crate and ran and, off the road and, right. and off the cliff. And no. <laughs> he probably had to buy a new tire. Or the something. Lord was just, yep, tutoring you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had an experience. A well, it's been a couple summers ago. I have a really good friend that's in Utah with her family. I think it was over the 4th. Well, they had a tragic accident happen where her nephew had drowned. And so I found out that she hadn't come back yet, that she was with her family and, of course, struggling. Mm-hmm. And the thought came to me, how can I help her? You know, what can I do? I'm not there. You know, what can I do to help her? And so the thought came to me to have my daughter go by that lives in Utah, have her go buy some fruit and make a fruit basket and take it over to her family. And she sent me a note just, she loved it so much. It just helped her to know that she's not in this all alone and that, you know, she has someone it just gave a thought of comfort. Oh, for sure. You know? Somebody's thinking about me. Yeah. Somebody cares. And I would, I would guess that she felt the Lord's love through that gift. Yeah, yeah. Cause it, because it wasn't just, just her, but her whole family yeah. was hurting That's beautiful. and in so much pain. I love the scripture in Alma 37, 6. But behold, I say unto you that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. Just like you mentioned. Marlene, that was a small and simple thing, but meant so much to her. You know, the Lord could speak to us sometimes, and does, through dreams or a voice or in a cloud, but those times are rare. He generally does it through small and simple things. President Nelson reminds us that often he communicates simply, quietly, and with such stunning plainness that 
We cannot misunderstand him. I, I want to say, I, it's not always stunningly plain to me. Maybe <laughs> I have too much noise going on yeah. in my head. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know, do we talk about that small and simple and that's why it, we miss it because it's our own voice? Yeah, we can miss it if we're not mindful. That we as human beings are so easily distracted at times and that's, that's why Satan uses that as one of his greatest tools. And that's why I love that scripture by small and simple things, mm -hmm. because it's so simple and it's our own voice. Mm -hmm. And we think, oh, that was just my own voice. Yeah, and my so own you might, yeah. And yeah. so we just miss it and dismiss it. Right. Yep. Yeah. It brings to mind the scripture that says, you know, be mindful of the easiness of the way. Mm -hmm. Like, Be careful not to be distracted be or to not to do miss. it because of the easiness yeah. of the way. Mm -hmm. And um, like we just said that the spirit speaks spirit to spirit and just mm -hmm. places that thought in our mind that sounds like our own voice or those feelings in our heart that sounds like our own, feels like our own feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's also good to be mindful that the adversary is also a spirit that can communicate to our spirit as well through thoughts and feelings. However, the main difference is that the Holy Spirit wants us to recognize that the positive thoughts and promptings to act, that they're coming from God. Whereas the adversary wants us to think that those thoughts are just our own, uh, so we will dismiss uh, them. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> he does not want us to recognize that they came from the Holy Spirit because... He doesn't want us to know that that was from God. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that some of our thoughts are from him. So anyway, we went into all this in a lot more detail in some past uh, two podcasts, actually, episodes 22 and 23. But today, we just want to keep it simple and share the four points that Lauren Dalton's shared in his talk. So four important things to know about the promptings from the adversary. Number one, it doesn't mean that you're bad if you're getting promptings from or being influenced by the adversary. Think about what happened to Joseph Smith when he, going into the grove of trees to pray. He was almost overcome by the adversary. And our Savior, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, what's the first thing that happened to him? The adversary tried to tempt him. So it's not bad if we get that thought. What it means is that we're usually, it's the opposite. It means you're doing great and that Satan and his minions, they're just trying to knock you off your mark. Exactly. I know I've often warned people before they get baptized or before they go through the temple for the first time or before they leave for their mission. Or, yeah, just before they leave for a mission, your cars break down. Yes. <laughs> Both of them. Exactly. There is always, you can expect it, a lot of opposition. The adversary always seems to try and step in either directly before or after a very meaningful event, especially if that event is event is going to be life-changing for you and others. I know for us, the six to eight weeks before um, BYS, Craig and I, uh, we could expect exactly what you were talking about, Marlene. Everything in life seemed to start to go wrong. Um, BYS is, is a youth conference that my husband organized for 20 years for the youth in our area. And by the end, we had well over a thousand kids attending each summer. summer. And um, Anyway, the weeks previous to that, 
event, crazy things would start happening. Some years things would start breaking, like you just mentioned your car. I remember one year it was the dishwasher and the water heater and I was a major car repair as well. Yeah. <laughs> Anything, you know, to cause the financial stress. You know, that was the goal of the adversary. Well, let's see what we can do to cause stress in their lives. The kids would start struggling with nightmares or mental health problems, which would keep us awake at night. I remember one year the adversary continuing to just attack my feelings of self-worth. And um, I know that he wanted to knock us off our mark, like you mm -hmm. mentioned, Connie, right? He didn't want us to focus on preparing ourselves for this conference. Um, but when that time of year would come, Craig and I would just look at each other and say, okay, it is that time of year. <laughs> and, you know, and just decide, okay, with determination, we are not going to let Satan win. And we would. We tried to just look at it as another sign that this conference is going to be awesome. And we would even, in the training of the counselors, we would share that with them as well. As we draw closer to this conference, expect opposition. And I would have to remind myself at times that, you know, those that be with us are more than those that be against us. Wow. And that's, that's crazy. And I do remember all the stuff that happened to you guys. And, and then after, after our last general conference, um, I heard Wendy Nelson, who is President Nelson's wife, speak. And she bore just a strong testimony of if we knew what those prophets and apostles went through mm -hmm. before a general conference, be while they were trying to prepare their words, that we would that we would be so much more appreciative of their words mm -hmm. and what they were trying to teach us. And you think about President Nelson this time. For the first time, we saw him sitting at the pulpit. Mm -hmm. He could not stand at the pulpit. And it was kind of knock you off your rocker kind of thing. But mm -hmm. then to hear her talk about that, you know, something happened. She said, so this visual thing, she said, yes. if you were to see the picture as they were giving their talk and underneath it, there would be like this rolling um, CNN or, you know, how they have the news yes, underneath news. somebody's. This person went through this and this and this and this and this prior to giving this talk because mm -hmm. they, da, 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 mm -hmm. you know, you would yes. just be like, oh my gosh. And so do you think you'd and sit up and listen a little bit stronger yeah. to what they were saying? Right. Yes. Oh, I can't even that imagine. Yeah. I know what we went yeah. through. Yeah. As they're trying to declare kids, truth. Right. Yeah. yeah. They are hundreds of thousands. They will affect hundreds of thousands of lives wow. through their words. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Well, so on to the second thing, and this is that Satan is usually the second voice. So this is dangerous because we usually think it's our own voice and he'll come in on the heels of that first voice mm -hmm. because he wants to talk us out of the first voice <laughs> that yep. we hear from the Holy Ghost and what he told us to do. So for example, the thought comes to you to stop and visit a friend who just lost a family member. But the next thought that comes to you is, I am just so busy today. And they probably have so many family there anyway. I'm sure they have way too many people. I'm going to get in their way. I don't mm -hmm. want to, I don't know what to say. And I, I don't even know what I would do. And, and maybe if I have time to make some bread, I'll take it mm -hmm. over later. And then I'll have a reason to go stop by. I mean, does this sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's another way that I've learned to recognize a prompting from God is I don't normally argue with myself, right? Yeah. 
if the thought originated within me to go and do something, I'm usually completely in agreement with that thought <laughs> because I'm the one that came up with it. But if if I start to argue with myself Good point. as to why I should do something, I, then I recognize, oh my gosh, that is just the adversary trying to sound like me and using his reasoning to talk me out of it. Most recently, I had the thought that I should sign up for the emotional resilience class that the stake offers, and I argued with myself about this on two different occasions, just conveniently forgetting, you know, I'm too, I'm too busy, this and that. Well, the, when the thought came to me very strongly a third time as I was walking into church one day, I just like mentally threw my arms in the air and just said, okay, okay. You know, he finally got through. I could recognize, okay. And I signed up that afternoon. <laughs> I'm in the middle of that class right now, and it's been great. The manual and the material are so inspired and so well written. You know, I still really have no idea why the Lord pushed me to attend and you know, I may never know. If you stop and think about all the times you are going to do something, and then, like you were talking, Sherry, mm -hmm. brings us to our third point. Satan uses logic. Mm -hmm. He is so good at that. Um, sometimes, and then being fooled by why you shouldn't, because his logic makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. God doesn't need logic. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Some examples in the scriptures of God telling people to do things that didn't make sense. Noah building an ark mm -hmm. when on it was ground. on dry ground, when it wasn't raining. <laughs> or, and you know the interesting thing about that? Let me just throw a little side note. It had never rained. Did you know that? Mm -mm. The earth had never had rain. That's uh, why it flooded. Until because that point. The ground was so, so hard that it couldn't, the, when the rain did finally come, it didn't it seep didn't into, and so it but, just, but isn't that an interesting yeah, thought? Yeah, I never so knew people that. I didn't are, know He's telling, like, had. it's going to rain. They're like, oh, what whatever. Is rain? Yeah, right. Crazy man. Mm. Yeah. Or like Nephi, a couple things, building mm -hmm. a boat or killing Laban, right. you know? Mm -hmm. That didn't make sense. Right. He didn't know. And Moses, of course, crossing the Red Sea or leading the people, people. up to the Red Sea. Yeah. And now where do we go? Now, now how do we do that? <laughs> oh, this was not very smart. <laughs> yeah, that's for I sure. Love that. Yep. You know, when you mention all those examples, Marlene, I even think about this podcast. You know, the Spirit <laughs> had to work on all of us for over a year before we realized that this was something that the Lord really wanted us to do. Because the adversary was using so much logic. We're too busy. We have no idea how to do a podcast. Besides, we're just four ordinary moms who would want to hear from us anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest you know? thing. And we don't know whether our listeners have really gotten anything out of these conversations or not. But I know we have. And we've all just learned and grown so much through mm -hmm. the process. We were just talking about that this morning. That um, if for nothing else, this has been for us. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the things that we've learned. Brother Dunn went on to say, quote, God doesn't need logic. He knows what's right. What he needs is sons and daughters who will have faith and act on his promptings. Excellent. Excellent. Well, number four, Satan will speak oftentimes in the first person. He places thoughts in our minds like, oh, nobody likes me. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I can't do that. I don't feel like praying. I don't get anything out of the scriptures when I read them. And for some, life isn't worth living. 
And he will say it over and over until you believe it. You need to understand that those thoughts and feelings are not you. They have been placed there by your enemy. He does not want you to succeed or to be happy. When you are mindful, you can recognize where these thoughts are coming from and counteract them. Yep. Unfortunately, I had an experience recently where um, I was at church and there was a niece there and I had the thought, reach out to talk to her, Mm -hmm. you know, thanks for being there. Good to see you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't because the next thought was, she doesn't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. have any, she, you know, you don't mean anything to her. Why would you talk to her? Mm -hmm. So I didn't. And of course, this is in a matter of seconds that this is all going on in my thoughts. And she had walked by by that time. And so I lost that opportunity. And then later that week found out that she was really struggling. Mm. And so I just, again, kicked myself of going, oh. Why didn't I take that chance to connect? Yeah. Oh, we all do it, Marlene. (laughs) So let's review quickly those four important things to remember about the promptings of the adversary. One, it doesn't mean you are bad. And two, he's usually the second voice. Three, he uses logic. And four, he oftentimes speaks to us in the first person. So now let's go back and talk about that first voice and how sometimes things don't work out the way we thought it would, right? We don't always know the end from the beginning. When we, when we hear something, we, we get a prompting. You know, in the Book of Mormon, in the Book of Mosiah, we read about a prophet named Abinadi, The voice of the spirit told him to go preach to a wicked, wicked people. He was ridiculed and then he was cast out. But the spirit told him to go back. So he goes back in disguise. And we all want to think that is because he's going to go back and he's going to preach to them and they're going to repent of their wicked ways and come back to Jesus. But that's not what happened. They tied Abinadi to a pole and threatened to burn him if he did not take back all that he said. And of course, he refused and they burned him alive. Now he died not knowing that there was one person who was affected by his words and that would leave and begin his own teachings of Christ and lead many to the truth of the gospel. But he did what he was told to do Mm -hmm. without knowing that it was a good turnout, you know, we just don't, or or how it affected other people, how it would affect that. Now let's compare that to Jonah, who was told by the voice of the Lord to go to Nineveh, which was at that time, the most wicked city. And it was truly a terrifying place. Can you imagine this scene? The spirit says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry against it for their wickedness is come up before me. Can you just hear that second voice? What? Are you crazy? (laughs) They will tear you apart limb from limb. They will burn you with the stake. Run! (laughs) (laughs) And we all know how that turned out for Jonah. And if by chance you don't know, we recommend you go read the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. (laughs) But the beauty behind it is that the Lord is not a three strikes you're out kind of God. He gave Jonah a second chance and he gives us as many chances as we need to help keep trying and learn to listen and act in, on that first voice. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry, what the Spirit just witnessed to me as you shared that story is that 
That is exactly why the Lord wanted me to take this class. Yes, it's blessing my life because it's beautifully written. But the Lord needed me to join that class for what I had to offer to others. And I probably will never know, other than through the Spirit whispering or witnessing to me right now, that that is the reason. Sometimes we just don't know what something we have said, how it will impact another person, just like Abinadi's words did on Alma. Not that I'm proclaiming of a prophet. I'm oh, not. Of course but, you know, sure. hopefully know. a few of the things that I've said have been meaningful to those. That was the thing. second voice. Did you notice that? Yep. You said, oh, the Spirit told me this, and then all of a sudden the second voice like, you, you aren't are a prophet. That is true. <laughs> you don't yeah. have anything good to say. You just oh, saw an action. Hey, there we go. Mm -hmm. It happened so quick. It just happens yeah. so quickly mm -hmm. that yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning that even when it doesn't make sense and we just need to act on it, it's really important to just mm -hmm. act on that first voice. Yes, because if we've been prompted to do something or ser serve someone and we ignore it, I feel like over time the spirit starts to lose confidence in us and, and we'll go and inspire someone else who will listen. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned that when I have had a thought to go and do something good, let's, yeah, just do it regardless of the source, regardless of whether it makes sense. Heavenly Father's going to be pleased with us either way. You know, the other day I went to the temple, and um, on the way to the temple I was listening to a podcast, and and this man was just talking about listening to the Spirit, and just this thought came to me, God wants you as part of his army. And, you know, I drive up just as those thoughts are in my mind and I see the temple and I just got out and I was like, I want to be part of God's army. I want to be one of those that he can rely on, that he can trust, that he can send me a prompting and I, I will go and I will rescue and Mm -hmm. be a part of that army. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That was just powerful. I really powerful love that. To me. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think your desire. To. Yeah. Yeah. We all want to. And if we have that desire, the Lord will send those action items, those promptings to help us know how to be a part of that army. We began this podcast with the words of our beloved prophet, Russell M. Nelson, because he does see what's ahead and he guides us. He has been asking us over and over to come closer to God by coming to know our Savior and by listening to the Holy Ghost. And he has said, what will happen as you more intentionally hear, hearken, and heed what the Savior has said and what he is saying now through his prophets, I promise that you will be blessed with additional power to deal with temptation, struggles, and weaknesses. I promise miracles in your marriage, family relationships, and daily work. And I promise that your capacity to feel joy will increase, even if turbulence increases in your life. You know, these are beautiful promises that can be ours as we strive to overcome the world and draw closer to God. We will end with more words from President Nelson from our last general conference, as he said, In coming days, we will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. Between now and the time he returns, with power and great glory, he will bestow countless privileges, blessings, and miracles upon the faithful. Ah, may we all be found among the faithful. And until next time, may you stay safely under His wings. 
We really hope that you're enjoying this podcast. And if you are, won't you go and share it with a friend? We just really want to be able to uplift others.